Hello and welcome to episode 131 of Chow Squared. I'm your host, Andrew Chelney, and a great conversation heading your way today at Chow Squared and at Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew on Twitter, at Chow Squared on Facebook. Give the show that shiny and illustrious five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the more reviews, the more likely the show is to get recommended by the algorithm. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much in advance. New episode every single Tuesday. So subscribe now for the best hockey podcast in town. Chow Squared is a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And though I am a full-time associate producer at SiriusXM NBA Radio, this podcast is not affiliated with the company in any way, the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone and may or may not reflect the views of SiriusXM. Joining Chow Squared today is a magnificent guest, if I do say so myself. He is the self-described assistant to the regional manager at Bruins Network. He is one of the hosts of the Soda Pod, an absolute sicko, but we love him. It is Colin McDonald, a.k.a. Spoke Z. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. That was one heck of an intro that I don't deserve. I appreciate it, though. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk about whatever the hell we're going to talk about. Absolutely. And and before we dive into hockey here, let we have to mention this because it was we talked about it as it was happening, and I feel like we should we should discuss it a little bit on the show. So before we get to the Bruins in the wild here, got to talk about Jay Fresh now. I want to preface this by saying that I am a yearly supporter of his Patreon. Not that it refreshes every month. I have I have a yearly subscription to to Jay Fresh's content. I think his I think his work is incredible. I love I love his analytics. I think they provide a very good kind of a second look into how a player performs out on the ice. It's not the end all be all as analytics are but they provide a very good just context to how a player is performing season-wide. So, that being said, the other day, uh, an Islanders fan trashed Alexi Lafreniere. He called him a bust. At Hockey Stat Miner, good friend of the program, in response, quote tweeted that Lafreniere and Barzell have the same amount of even strength goals since his NHL debut. And that is with four hours less of ice time. Jack responds to Hockey Stat Miner with a picture meme saying to never, you know, never tell a Rangers fan that any stats other than 515 goals exist. I say in response that considering Lafreniere pretty much exclusively plays five on five that I'd say that stat is most important when evaluating his, his scoring Jay fresh responds to me and he says he agrees, but that there are other aspects to hockey than goal scoring. Now this, as, as I hear that you, you know, you're laughing in response to that confused me because I said, well, yeah, but who is like? Is anybody arguing the opposite of that? I don't, I I haven't seen anybody like that. This this reply, I mean, the, the, really sent me spiraling. He says, the the actually Lafreniere has the same amount of goals as Barzell implies they're remotely comparable players, as opposed to scoring being Lafreniere's only real strength at the NHL level right now, and it being Barzell's biggest weakness. That 
is not what I took from that tweet. Now, Colin, I'll get to your response here in a second, but that is absolutely now not how I read the tweet. Maybe one or two other people of the hundreds that read it also took it the same way. Maybe I did not read it that way. HSM comes back and says, so are we just overlooking the laugh is playing like a butt, like a bust Isles fan smack talk that I was responding to or not? Nah? And Jay Fresh, in all of his glory, says, I literally am unable to see the Isles fan tweet. My guy. And again, Jay Fresh, I love you. I really, I really appreciate your content, and I think you do great work. What you doing? What you doing? What you doing? Because <laughs> that's the reason that he posted the tweet in the first place. Why are you responding? What you doing? Why are you responding? Because he's done this in the past, where whenever somebody says anything positive about Alexei Lafreniere, for whatever reason, Jay Fresh thinks it's a good idea to rain everybody's parade about Lafreniere. Yeah, Lafreniere has issues. Like, this is not rocket, like, this is not breaking news here. Like, we know. Everybody knows. Alexei Lafreniere has work to do. He's also 20 years old. Doesn't play five, doesn't play five, one, five, five, one, doesn't, doesn't play on the power play. His teammates' last game against Detroit were Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt, and he still scored a goal. What else do you want from this man? Colin, what is, what is, what's your response to this man? Dude, so like, and I, we, I sent you a message about at the time. Like, this is the stuff that just really, I don't understand why some people in hockey twitter or whatever specifically the analytic they just can't help themselves it feels like i mean he literally can't see the guy's tweet who a hockey snapbite is responding to and he just can't help but stick his nose in there to just say hey just so you know um you know this is dumb and i i know hockey better than everybody and uh you know it was like he was responding as if someone replied to him about Alex Lafreniere. Um, and I just don't understand how that just like the incessant need to go say, hey, you know the player that you are tweeting good things about? He's actually terrible. And here's why. As if we've never watched a single game ever uh, and we don't know what hockey is. I just – like you said, I also – support Jay Fresh's work um, and I use all of those different analytics tools when I'm like assessing players especially ones that I don't have the luxury of watching as much as I want to um, and I think that they're extremely valuable in player analysis and um, I think they're just very important for people to keep in mind and I think the people who just completely disregard it and say oh the calculator boys blah 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 uh, for me, if you like hockey and there's a new way of analyzing hockey uh, and you're just going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. So it's stupid, actually. Then I think that's kind of silly, but whatever. Um, but just like the need to just say, hey, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick a fight with uh, Rangers Twitter for no reason. And it feels like Lafreniere gets it like is right in his crosshairs all the time. I think maybe it has to do with him being a Penguins fan um, and just not being able to help himself. But it, that specific one really kind of pissed me off just because it was like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, I, it's just, it, it was an Isles fan chirping, and so they just brought up Barzal. 
And at no point did anyone say, hey, they're actually the same because uh, they have the same number of 5-on-5 goals, or Lafreniere actually has uh, more 5-on-5 goals. That wasn't the point. That wasn't it at all. Um, and it's just annoying, and I, I get really annoyed by that stuff when I see it on Twitter, and it's that was just a classic, uh, you know, Jay Fresh tweet just going after people uh, for no reason and then playing the victim afterwards. It just, th- these are the kinds of things that turn casual hockey fans off to analytics, right? Because analytics are, su- are such a monstrous tool to, to the hockey community, right? Especially, as you said, if you're not privy to watching every single second of a player's game, analytics are a great way of showing you, okay, usually he falls into this category. This is... Analytics are not the end-all be-all. There's a lot of different ways to evaluate a player. However, in the in a lot of the, the elements that go into a hockey game, you look at their analytics and they, it gives you a, a clear picture of how they play the game. And things like this turn a lot of people who are on the fence about analytics totally off about analytics because there's no reason... There's no reason for somebody like Jay Fresher or anybody really who is involved in analytics to to do this, right? Like this wasn't this wasn't a tweet about how Barzell and Lafreniere are the same players because Lafreniere has the same amount of even strength goals as Barzell. That wasn't the tweet, right? It w- literally. And and if Jay if that was the tweet, then Jay Fresh responding to it would make more sense or it it would make more sense in the context. Like there would be more validity to it. But the fact that, you know, hockey Sandmeyer's original tweet was about Lafreniere being a bust, which he's not. The man is 20 years old. We have to, we have to calm down. We cannot throw the word bust around as if it's like, it's, it's confetti here. We have to relax. Like Lafreniere is playing bottom six minutes. Because the the top six right now is pretty stacked. So the fact that Lafreniere is getting bottom six minutes playing with Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt and is still putting up even strength goals despite that should give you more hope about his future. And yet, for whatever reason, and Jay Fresh has done this in the past where he went after Lafreniere for... Seeming, you know, after somebody says something positive about Lafreniere, Jay Fresh finds a way to shut it down. And to me, it's just weird because there's no reason for him to do that. Lafreniere obviously has a lot of weaknesses. And I hope Jay Fresh listens to this. And like, again, we, we really support Jay Fresh's work, right? I follow him on Twitter. I think you follow him on Twitter as well. I, like, we, we follow him on Patreon. This, this dude does incredible work for the, for the hockey analytics community. That said... I personally do not appreciate him doing this kind of thing because it it doesn't it one doesn't help and and two when when you're on the fence about whether you want to go into hockey analytics or not seeing these kinds of tweets you're at, at least from my point of at least from my perspective we're kind of turned off by it it's like well this is you know when when a lot of these veteran broadcasters get on TV and say, oh, analytics, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter, who cares? A, a, a lot of them are just a bunch of nerds, right? Like, they, they say this because they've just, quote-unquote, been watching hockey all their lives and they know better. Whether you believe that or not is up to you. But there's no reason for for Jay Fresh to 
make the community l- like just l- I don't want to say look bad in that in that context, but there's just like there's no reason for you to go after Lafreniere like that. It to me it's just it's weird and it, it's kind of out of place and I don't know why Jay Fresh would do that. It's, especially in this context, it doesn't help. Uh, so to me, I it kind of it kind of reinforces the idea that oh you know analytics people are just a bunch of nerds and they don't actually watch the game and oh you know I'll just do the eye test instead and then all these things like it it doesn't help the analytics community grow if that makes sense yeah and that's what I think the biggest thing was it's like this is the stuff that I just have no time to like engage with or have any interest in it's like this is the stuff that just like again I I think I said it to you at the time but like. I enjoy analytics. I do not particularly enjoy a lot of the hardcore analytics community because it feels like a group of people who are just like sitting back and laughing at people and mocking people for not having, you know, some whatever knowledge base about hockey and how they can just sit back and be like, yeah, you know, all these people are actually idiots. And it's like, oh, well, can you, I would like to see, you know, what you're talking about. Like, oh, well, that's actually behind a paywall. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. That's, that should help. Uh, that, that makes <laughs> that really is good for me to understand what we're talking about now (laughs) like it's just i don't know it feels like a bunch of people who like to sit back and talk about how much more they know than everybody else and it's like i don't know especially with lafreniere you know i think his most common line mates at 5v5 i believe it's usually Kreider and zabanajad but like then you go to the next and it's like gochier and (laughs) heedle then i think after that uh, who was I? I was just looking at it like the other day, like Goudreau and Strom. <laughs> like, what is this kid supposed to do? <laughs> he also hasn't been on. I don't think Goudreau, Hedel, and uh, Lafreniere have been on the ice for no, not those. It's Strom, Goudreau, and Lafreniere. I don't think they've been on the ice for a five out five goal against, by the way, which is, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, but I mean, I don't know. The kid's twenty years old. He's still sick. Uh, and he's on an offensively stacked team where it's just like, hey, there's no real time to give this kid to just thrive in the offensive zone and play with like a Panarin or whatever. Um, I guess they both play on the left, but I don't know. I think Lafreniere rocks. I think it's weird that there's like some incessant need to actually just tell uh, Rangers fans and everyone else that he's bad. Um, and then accuse people of being like, see, see these Rangers fans, they're all comparing him to Barzell. It's like, well, no, that was one Islanders fan chirping a Rangers guy. So uh, maybe just, you know, you don't have to butt into every conversation possible. But, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, again, it just it feels very gatekeepy because mm-hmm. if if you're interested in analytics, as I am, as you are, uh, you know, we, we pay for the ability to look at Jay Fresh's analytics. We pay for the ability to to look at other people's work as well. And it, it just feels very like, hmm, this is my info and you should look at more of it as opposed to just like appreciating the tweet for what it is. Cause like that was a wild stat to me. I had no idea that Lafreniere and Barzell have the same amount of even strength goals, despite Barzell having literally nearly four hours of ice time more at five on five than Lafreniere. I I had no idea, but thanks to that tweet. Now I know that I didn't read the tweet and go, well, that means that Lafreniere and Barzell are equally as good. That's, I mean, hey, if you're right, if you're right that way, then I'm not telling that you're wrong. I'm just saying that that's 
not one, not how I saw it, and two, I don't think that's how most people saw it either. I don't think anyone did. So it's just it it's like you said, it feels gatekeepy. It's just I I've never understood that stance from a lot of people on Twitter about things. Like I think there was a there was a um I forget who it was, but there was a Bruins fan talking about just like looking at the drafting over the last couple of years. Um and this person who hasn't never really taken a deep dive in analytics at all, anything like that, uh, like spent a couple of days just like working on different things. And like the final angle was that, you know, you look at like the game played and whatever, playoff games, production, blah, blah, blah. Like the, the his basic thesis was the Bruins drafting isn't as bad as everyone says it is. And I mean, he was absolutely torched. Because people from the analytics community were coming in, like it's really not that hard to figure out that if you look at the war, it's actually terrible. It's a bubble. and like just eviscerated this dude. Like this guy wasn't even like going after anybody, but out of nowhere, they just had to come in and tell him he's an idiot for not using war, despite the fact he had never heard of war before uh, or knew how to calculate or anything like that. And then it's once again the analytics community coming in and laughing together about it and like mocking the dude of like, oh, that's a really cool thing to do. You know, Um, a lot of you complain about people in hockey being mean. um, And here you are just doing this weird thing um, and carving somebody because uh, their angle was that the Brewers draft isn't as bad uh, as everyone wants it to be. That's a very cool thing to do. And I'm sure (laughs) that guy would really appreciate it. And now he's going to look into I'm sure the first thing he did was learn about war. (laughs) I'm sure that's what he did. Yeah, I you're you're just totally right. It, it's it's just a strange thing to do. Like as you said, I mean we're we're gonna move on here in, in a second. It just it just makes analytics look worse because mm-hmm. there, it's one thing if you go on TV and you're a forward player and you say things like, "Oh, I don't care about the analytics. I've played, therefore I know better." It's one thing to, right. to have that mentality. It's another mental. It's another thing to to not know enough about analytics and get trolled by the analytics community because you don't know enough about analytics. That's not how you get this person to 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 get on your team. That he's this whoever whoever got trolled is gonna get asked to get traded to your rival. That's how it yeah. works. Like mocking somebody. In any form, in any context, is not going to get you, is not going to get them on board with what you're saying. It's just not going to happen. So if you want somebody to be on board the analytics community and, and want to learn more about, you know, in-depth stats and things that go on during a game and, you know, you know all these things, hey, maybe don't be a bad person to those people. So that's all I'm going to say. Mm. Anyways, anyways. Let's dive into some hockey here because we've we've been talking about we've been talking about the analytics community for, for 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 far too long. Starting with the Boston Bruins, lately they play one game like they can dominate everybody in the league, and then the next game they don't look quite like that. Jake DeBrusque has looked like a totally different player since signing an extension. He looks much more sure of himself, and he's finally finding that scoring touch. The Bruins, though, did not add that mythical second-line center they so badly needed at the deadline. How do you see the Bruins, and is this a team that you think can go far? Well, they got an elite to see in the Hall of Famer, Eric Kala. Um, you, you know, like, I think um, going specifically with the deadline, like, going in, um, you know, if you look at, like, their, you know, 
base numbers and then you want to like even take a deeper dive and look at like because we just can't help ourselves now if you want to look like the analytics or whatever they do have statistically the best team defense in the league so it felt weird if they were going to go target one area that they would bolster the one the one part of their team that stands out um and it kind of felt like an unnecessary um position to bolster or make better but you know you bring in Hampus Lindholm um and you know they they were in on a lot more guys uh and a lot more forwards is kind of the story of their deadlines last couple years but I mean, you look at who didn't really matter who they added, right? Like you, you add Claude Giroux. Does that mean you're going to start outscoring Florida? No. You're going to outscore Toronto? No. Tampa Bay? Probably not. Um, so, you know, I think they look at it and they say, hey, if we can, you know, give up two or less every game, but at least giving ourselves the chance to stay in games in the playoffs. And at the end of the day, for whatever reason, that tends to be successful somewhat uh, in the playoffs. Now at this point, you know, they were unbelievably hot for about two months or so. Like really since the All-Star break, they came back and they were just immediately, um, until all these injuries, one of the best teams in the league. And then Lindholm got hurt. Pasternak got hurt. Bergeron got hurt for a little bit. Marshall got hurt for a little bit. Carlo got hurt. Grizzik got hurt. Now Olmark's hurt. It's like, okay, so this is just the story of their life. Like, for whatever reason, the weeks before the playoffs and then during the playoffs, half the team gets hurt. It's the same thing every year. Um, you know, I think at this point, a lot of those guys, if it was day one of the playoffs, they'd be in. But um, yeah, right now they're just playing super inconsistent. They can't really ice the same lineup game to game to game with injuries. Um, you know, but when they are all healthy, <laughs> which is far from guaranteed, they've got a lot working in their favor so um you look at the east it's just murderers row like all eight teams you could make an argument that they they might win their first round matchup so um at this point i was assuming they'd get the wild card end up with carolina but i mean now look at the rangers like now they're coming along like it's it's a crazy race because i think the east has been locked in like those eight teams that are gonna make the playoffs have been locked in for however many months it feels like like basically since the start of the year um it's just kind of like where the chips end up falling. But now it's like a different kind of race where you're wondering who gets that first seed, specifically at the Metro. Um, at times, Pittsburgh looked like they might make a run. So it's all about matchups at this point. But, um, you know, the Bruins, they have the really good team defense, which gives you a chance in the playoffs. It's just, you know, can some guys get hot at the right times offensively? Can they stay healthy? Um, you know, I, they certainly aren't the favorites. And whoever they play in the first round, I'm sure will be the favorite. Um, but they got a lot of guys that have been there, done that. So it's, it's, it's a weird team. They've been up and down all year and they finally got hot after the all-star break. And then of course the entire team gets hurt because that's what they do. Um, and it obviously looks pretty bad on some nights, but every once in a while they'll just like string together a random game where everyone looks great. Um, but you know, it's not really a team you feel great about, but it is a team that if you're you know, winning your division and then you go to play the wild card team and it's a Boston Bruins and Patrice Bergeron and Charlie McAvoy. She's just sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the reward that we get for getting first seed. So um, the East playoffs is going to be fascinating, but you know, the Bruins have a chance, but uh, they're definitely not the favorites by any means. Well, if the playoffs ended today, the Bruins would be playing the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. Nice way. Well, I mean, what better way to ease into things than a first round matchup with the Carolina Hurricanes? Still, yeah, a couple Freddie of, Anderson, how are you? Yeah, well, Freddie, speaking he of which, it. he is reportedly week to week. 
n- yeah. n- it's kind of unclear as to how long he's going to be out. Still a couple of weeks away from the playoffs. The Hurricanes are 3-0 and against the Bruins this season. They won 3-0, they won 7-1, and they also won 6 to nothing. One goal. Absolute in 30 games kicking of the teeth it was like all three games it was unbelievable like there was a it was three murders it was literally three murders you're just like oh no <laughs> like this is a disaster well this is the matchup if the playoffs ended today so colin how do you think that series would go oh god i feel like for whatever reason just because it's bruins carolina it would still go like on paper and just watching those three games you're like, oh, Carolina, they'll win in two. They'll just end the series after the two games in Carolina. And you're like, yeah, you know, let's just get, let's just pack up, boys. Let's get out of here. Uh, that's we've had enough of that. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, I'm sure it'll go six or seven. And if Carolina, they're all healthy, and I mean, they've been up and down lately too. Like, I don't know. It depends if you read into the whole go into the playoffs hot or not. But uh, I mean, at this point, I guess both teams really aren't. Um, so it does feel like a toss-up. You wonder what Freddie Anderson, assuming he's healthy in the playoffs, looks like in Carolina for, like, playoff Freddie because, you know, Boston's kind of been a nightmare for him. Um, you know, and their defense specifically going into the year I wasn't sold on. Uh, but, hey, it looks looks pretty good. <laughs> so uh, they could hurt you in just about any way that you could think of. They could play any way you want. Um, so, you know, I think Carolina – is a pretty clear favorite there, but for whatever reason, because it's the Bruins, I'm sure they'll make it six or seven games, but you never know, I guess, but Carolina would definitely be a big favorite. And I think that's a series that a lot of Bruins fans would not welcome. Talking to my guy, Colin McDonald or spoke to Z of Bruins network. And of course the soda pod, Colin, the Minnesota wild, you're knee deep into that community as well. They're a dangerous oh, yeah. team. How does the Minnesota Wild look to you. How do the Minnesota Wild look to you? And what's the confidence level in the fan base? It's a lot of highs or very low. Like there's just no middle. Um, you know, right now it's looking like they will be playing St. Louis in the first round, the St. Louis Blues, um, which is really bad for Minnesota because I think the St. Louis Blues have beat them like 11 times, the last 13 times they played. And a lot of those games, too, the Wild are up by two, and then all of a sudden they just, for whatever reason, completely fall apart. Um, they have their own injury issues right now. Now they have a COVID issue. Um, you know, at times this year they'll go on, you know, like a 16-game point streak, and then they'll lose five in a row and look horrible. And then all of a sudden they look like the best team in the league. Um, they're the definition of a team that is built to succeed, though, in the playoffs. Like, that. They play hard. They play fast. They play north-south, like, just in your face. Um, and they are tough. Like, like, like they're heavy duty. Like, what? they're a very fun team to watch because you have guys like Kaprizov and, you know, your boy there from New York, Zuccarello. Um, and those two together are insane. It's a joke. Then you have Kevin Fiala, who's just a game-breaker. Get a rookie of Matt Boldy played on that line. And then you look at the middle to bottom six, and it's a bunch of guys who are like up for selkies, or they're gonna punch your face in. <laughs> they kind of show up to the rink, and they're like, "Hey, how do you want to play today?" All right, great, sounds good. Um, but they need that defense to get healthy. You know, usually it's a it's a strength of theirs, but you know they've lost Dumba. Um, you know, other guys have been Brodine's been you know hurt a little bit here and there. Spurgeon's been hurt here and there. Um, 
And then, you know, a lot of times you have to play Jordy Ben, and that hurts you a little bit there. So um, another team that's dealing with some injury issues that when they're healthy and they're going, they look like a top five team in the league. Um, and then they're one of those teams, too, though, that when they are off and they're making a lot of mistakes, they look like they should be barely making the playoffs. So they, they, no one feels good about playing St. Louis in the first round at this point. Um, specifically with that matchup, but you know I'm I'm still a believer in Minnesota that I've been I I have been for years, so I have to be still. Um, but it is a really fun team to watch, and uh, and even like getting Bill Guerin and the different sound bites, just electric. So um, they're they're all, I they're one of the my favorite teams just to watch, just the way they play and the personalities they have. But yeah, going into the playoffs, like the way they've been going the last couple of games, you're sitting there like, Oh, this doesn't feel as good as it did a month ago. Um, but we'll see, you know, you have a chance when you have Caprice off cause he's a complete mutant. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about the blue series in a second here, but real quick, remind me, remind those that are listening to to us here. How did you get involved so deeply in the Minnesota Wild, because for, you're you're in the Mass area, so you're a Bruins fan, and yet the if you follow at Spokesy on Twitter, which if you're not following Spokesy on Twitter, you doing follow, you doing you doing? Uh, how uh, you, there's a lot of wild content on your Twitter. How did you get involved in that world as opposed to just staying in the Bruins area? Yeah, so it's a very weird way to have fandom of a team in a different city um <laughs> when i first started watching hockey it was obviously all bruins and then occasional you know i had some players i really liked watching around the league uh like you know i love joe Sackett growing up um so i just had a soft spot for, for colorado but i was never like a huge fan and obviously ray bork going there helped that a little bit but um you know as i started watching more and more hockey and, and being interested in teams outside of the bruins um it was a combination of looking for like you know, big markets in cities that weren't Boston or New York or Philly or whatever. Um, and, you know, Minnesota, it's, it's that place is crazy about hockey. It's a state, literally the state of hockey. Like they have 20,000 people at high school, state championship games. Like it's crazy. Uh, but really, the reason I even chose the Wild the other day was uh, so the Brian Rolston. <laughs> So his time with the Bruins, I think it was like the 03 or 0304 season. He said the uh, the franchise record for most shorties in a season. I think he scored nine shorthanded goals. And I used to love when he would go in on breakaways and just unload clap bombs like <laughs> and like kill the goalie. And I thought it was wicked funny. So the lockout happens. And after that, he ends up in Minnesota. So I kind of just followed, followed Rolston and needed a Western Conference team. So I chose Minnesota. And ever since then, it's just been... They've been my like number two team, and then as the years go on, and you know, being a Bruins fan's fun and all, but dealing with Bruins media and how Bruins fans could be, I would just start going crazy. Um, so a lot of my social media ended up just gravitating towards the Wild, and now that's how I, at this point, have a Minnesota Wild prospect podcast, and pretty much tweet way more about uh, the Wild and their prospect pool and whatever the hell is going on over in Minnesota. Um, I've kind of just gravitated towards that because I have more fun now over there. What does that say about the Boston media and the Boston Bruins fans that you, that you would, as a Bruins fan, would rather not be a part of that community? Well, you are still, but less so than, than you are as a part of the wild community. 
it was honestly more the media like a specific radio station here i just like i can't do it <laughs> like and then like there was the tuka stuff over the past however many seasons that really drove me away but i mean even now wild twitter that they're really good they're starting to get on my nerves now too uh i have I, maybe i just have like a low threshold uh for not getting annoyed uh, but i definitely was just the way that it was here with like the media thing um and that that gd radio station what they would say about tuka <laughs> and somehow successfully getting fans to turn on players like not just as a hockey player but like as human beings of like jeez like god i can't do this anymore mm-hmm. um so i pretty much just keep it to myself but i mean i'm still watching every game um and saying just the first thing that pops into my head on twitter during games you know so um but there was a while there where like wild twitter was funny because everyone would always be like they're the most boring team in the league blah blah, blah. and the like wild would be like yeah that yep that's what we are yeah we don't care <laughs> like yeah this is what it is though <laughs> uh so i always thought that was funny but now that now they're getting on my nerves too you apparently you're not allowed to hit uh a a kirill kaprizov or else you should be in jail <laughs> um and apparently like you know your Twitter fan base is is just weirdly uh, the worst people in the world. Um, you know, if if someone on your favorite team hits Kirill Kaprizov, which now I just can't even engage with anymore. So everyone annoys me though. So maybe that's maybe it's my problem. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I mean, I, think hey, I might be the issue. I also annoy myself though. So you know. No, I mean, listen, I I I totally understand that, and uh, I I don't I personally don't find you annoying. I mean, you're here. I follow you. I think I think your your tweets about uh, being waffled and that the boys are buzzing, uh, I think are great Always. personally. Uh, one more here before I let you run. Now back to the the wild here for a second. If the season would end right now, the wild would play the white hot St. Louis Blues, who are currently nine zero and one in their last ten games. They are just destroying everybody. They've scored four games four games they've scored at least four goals in every game for the last thousand years it feels like they can't they're a wagon and they can't stop scoring goals st louis won a wild oh i'll be here a week six five overtime game against minnesota uh, on saturday the blues are three and oh against the wild this season but two of those wins came in overtime can the minnesota wild colin come into st louis and leave with a series win they it's one of those oh they absolutely can it's just whether or not they will you know like i honestly think top to bottom there's more talent in minnesota than there is in st louis um it's just you know for whatever reason those teams play um you know i don't know if it's more of like st louis has guys you know more experienced guys whatever that old cliche or whatever it is but um just minnesota is just finding ways to lose almost every time they play st louis like those two uh overtime wins that they have this year you know the first one was like last week um you know and the wild are up two and then all of a sudden give up two goals immediately and then give one up at overtime um or maybe it wasn't even overtime i can't even remember at this point because i've just like tried to block those games out of my memory but you know even in this one the wild come back um and they, and they look great uh and then just completely fall apart in overtime so um you really just don't feel good going into that series just with recent history but you know and if they can get healthy and they can start you know playing a little bit more consistent specifically the back end uh and maybe special team the special teams right now is, is atrocious um 
there's no reason that they can't. It's just for whatever reason. It's one of those things. St. Louis maybe it just has their number. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it's a series you definitely just don't feel good about going into. Um, and, you know, it's just two teams that like to play a certain way, too. So we'll see. But at this point, with the way that, you know, the head-to-head matchup, it looks quite favorable for St. Louis. Um, you know, and it's also two teams that love playing at home. Uh, and it is looking at this point like St. Louis is going to have home ice. So uh, we'll see if Minnesota could kind of figure it out if they get healthy. And and I don't know. It's, it's, it really is unbelievable just watching the way they can lose against St. Louis. So definitely not a series you feel great about going into, but there's no reason that they can't uh, beat them four times before they let St. Louis beat them four times. I think the best way to describe you, Colin, and if if you're listening to this show and you don't know who Colin is, let me, let me give you a really good uh, summary here. On oh Friday, you tweeted out, only two in the office today. Got about 37 minutes of sleep last night. Energy at an all-time low. Literally fell asleep while on, while on the phone earlier. About to run down to floor three, grab an IV, mainline two cans of C4. Again, I'm, I, get, I feel like I'm a boomer because I don't know what C4 is. Is that an energy drink? Is that like is that, that is? Yeah, it's like pre-workout that they've made an energy oh. drink. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it's That's, something else. It's, that should it's be, liquid meth. Yeah, liquid meth is that, a pretty close comp. Yeah, you might want to talk to your cardiologist before before consuming it. But anyways, mainline mm-hmm. two cans of C4, blast coach ice, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and start shadow boxing in the office for some vibes. <laughs> and now, see, I, I read that tweet, and I go, in response, every office has their own wild card. You just happen to be yours. And I feel like that's the best way to describe you, Colin, is like, you're kind of a wild card. Like, I don't know, like, you're always fun. I just don't know what kind of fun you bring. And that's kind of like the danger aspect of it. Like, you're always, you're always fun. You have the energy, even, even though you're out here mainlining two cans of C4. It's just, you just never know what kind of call you're going to get on any given day. I'll be honest. I have been referred to as the group wild card and, and, over the years several times in different friend groups uh kind of like charlie and always sunny i don't know if you're an always sunny guy uh but what he that whole episode that he just decides to be a wild card that's pretty much me um i actually forgot about that tweet uh probably because i was quite delirious when i fired that one off uh but yeah i i, I think thank you um you know i try to yeah <laughs> I try to be a little bit, a little bit, you know, unpredictable. I try to keep the energy going, but uh, you know, sometimes you just, sometimes you just have one of those days, dude. I don't know. You're absolutely right. And and listen, Colin, you're outstanding, right? And I say this, I say this out of love, man. I, you know, we've been we've been friends for a while, and you're you're a great follow. If you're not following Colin on Twitter, what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? Because. This man making the right th- decision. That's what th- you're doing. This man has tweets about him mainlining Kansas C4. I mean, if you're not yeah, following not this, while while posting in these incredible videos from hockey games, like Wild Games, like Bruins games, and every other game that are you watching every game at all times? Because because the you you put out so many of these clips from games on a, on a nightly basis. Do you just have eight different screens going on, or like how how do you manage to get all of these out there? into the Twitter sphere so quickly. I am down to two screens, but I'll usually have on each screen, like some, I've, I've got a little bit out of control before. Like at, at one point I had like on both screens, I had on one, I had six games going. And I think on the other, it was like four. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like you can't even, it, the, the games are so small. <laughs> like I can't even tell what's going on. But, uh, 
you know, sometimes if I'm falling asleep and I need to like wake up a little bit, I'll I'll throw six games on and and keep the audio for all six. <laughs> just like oh, I'm like oh, what is happening right now? <laughs> so, wild card. There you go. You are at Spoked Z on Twitter. Just think of it as spiked, just the O instead of the I. Yeah. Uh, S P O K E D. Right? Yeah. S P O K E D Z. I, you know what? Like I'm, I'm literally reading your t- your tweet handle, and okay. I still like, I'm just illiterate. I, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't even know what day it is anymore. But here we are. At Spoke Z on Twitter, Colin, you're incredible. Appreciate you hopping on. You are the self-described assistant to the regional manager of Bruins Network. He is one of the hosts of the Soda Pod. I think you have like, if I'm counting correctly, seventy five thousand. Uh, beverage sponsors at this point yep. uh so you have a lot of those and i'm sure uh if you're if you're not following the soda pod and you would like beverage recommendations you should check out the soda pod because they have very good beverage recommendations colin am i right yeah they would be the ones to go to uh isha and hoppy i i i have about four different uh beers that i drink and all of them cost less than like you know a dollar a can so i you know if if you're looking for something good that doesn't uh, that you can't drink like 40 of, then I'm probably not the guy to ask. But, you know, hey, the, you should hobby. They know what they're doing. They have their own little, like, uh, like beer podcast as part of the Soda Pod uh, rotation. So that guy would probably be a go-to. But, you know, I'm mainlining Coors Light uh, and apparently C4 sometimes. So uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, again, consult your cardiologist before consuming that kind of thing because that might get a little that might get a little much. But, Colin, yeah, you're whatever. Pro- well, you know, Colin, you're outstanding. Appreciate your time. As for me, I'm at Cho Squared and at Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew on Twitter, at Chell Squared on Facebook. Again, give the show, please and thank you, five-star review on our podcasts. The algorithm does whatever it wants. We don't know. It changes every six seconds. But the more reviews a show has, the more likely it is to get shared to on other pages, on other platforms. It would be a huge help if you could leave a rating and as well as a review. I'm your host, Andrew Chilney. Thanks for listening. Cho Squared. We'll be back next Tuesday. I'll talk to you then.